I speak to you in the name of our Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Names, uh, names are symbols. Stories are embedded in our names. Culturally and family histories, traditions, customs are often captured in our names. Is it not true that when children are born, parents and families have hopes and dreams for their infants. Some of their hopes and dreams are closely knit within their name. At times, whether intentional or unintentional, parents pass down family values in a name. Sometimes, just a letter communicates solidarity. For an example, all the children's names start with the same letter to say, we belong here to this family. Take the name Alexandra for an example. You might think about other famous Alexanders, like Alexander, Graham Bell, or Alexander Hamilton. Don't sing the song. <laughs> Even your very own uncle. What about this Alexandra, who, through his military genius, single-handed changed the nature of ancient world in a little more than a decade. He dominated his enemies and reasserted the Macedonian power within Greece. Having inherited a powerful yet volatile kingdom after his father's assassination, against all odds and without suffering any defeat, he stamped his authority by conquering territories throughout Persia, Asia, and Egypt. By the age 25, this chief commander, wise king, strategic politician, adventurous explorer, and a scholar was known as uh, Alexander the Great. He led by example and gained loyalty from his followers. It is reported that in his army, only once refused to obey his command in his 13-year reign. Interestingly, do you know that the name Alexandra means defender of men? Wow. So anyone named after such a powerful superhero is under pressure. Parents are perhaps prophetic as they choose the children's names. So what, what sense can we make of our passage today in light of this observation? Like Alexander the Great, Jesus' presence invited crowds and created expectations for his followers. Jesus has charismatic presence, though hardly by intention, 
it is extremely hard to take in what today's gospel reading is saying. As a preacher, I am tempted to wonder whether Jesus could have said something like this. Oh, how can I even suggest it to the congregation in present times? Jesus declared, whoever comes to me and does not hate father, mother, wife, children, brothers, sisters, yes, even life itself cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry the cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. None of you can become my disciples if you do not give up all your possessions. What on earth, Jesus? Looking back on the Lucan gospel, Jesus made some pretty controversial and provocative comments. Despite, despite our discomfort, these commands do sound like Jesus, who constantly said hard things to his followers and still does today. In present times, we have shrunk Jesus to accommodate our own proclivities and aspirations and to avoid the radical lifestyle he required, to avoid the shameful reality of the atrocities we have created as humankind. We have made Jesus out to be gentle, meek, and mild, never saying anything offensive or uncomfortable. Our own contemporary Jesus often doesn't match up with looking Jesus. Our Jesus loves you, gentle Jesus, meek and mild message does not seem to require change or invite people to self-reflection. Today's reading demands us to consider our priorities, whether they match up with Jesus' priority. Jesus invites us into a family of followers, just as parents might hope to do. He gives us a new name, new identity, changes our trajectory in the family tree. But our priorities must align with this. The new name comes with expectations expectations of radical way of being and living that mimics the one whom we are named after. He has hopes and dreams for us if only we choose to follow after him. If only we will live out the name he has bestowed upon us. But what audacious commands Jesus gives us, and why? Jesus does not tell his disciples to go love mommy and daddy, but to hate them. Why hate? 
Hate in what sense? Jesus requires his disciples to give up their possessions. Seriously? All? Why? Jesus tells them to pick up a device of execution and follow him? What? Jesus. He has not obviously died on the cross yet at this point in the gospel. What a ridiculous sounding reference this would have been. Why such radical statements? Because following Jesus requires full-hearted, single-minded, uncompromising, courageous commitment. Jesus comes first. All else yields. If you are a follower of Jesus and is inviting you to consider him first in whatever decision you make, he wants decisions to be aligned with his priorities. Jesus is asking his followers to set their loyalties and allegiances straight. Jesus is demanding to be first priority. Nothing else should supersede him. Not family, not possessions, personal preferences or goals. This is the mindset required. This week, September 10th, we will be remembering a saint of the church, another Alexander, Alexandra Kramer. He is the timeliest example of the sacrifice Jesus demands in this passage. He was an Episcopalian priest born during the Missouri Compromise in 1819, educated upstate New York. He was ridiculed, discriminated against because of his skin color. His quest for education, his aspiration for priesthood in the Episcopalian Church. Kramer was a man who faced so many oppressive, exclusive policies in his time, but managed to conquer them one by one. Painstakingly, he pursued an education, even when he was denied entry. Despite being turned down by the Diocese of, North, of New York, he persisted until finding that the Diocese of Massachusetts would ordain him. Even after becoming a priest, he was excluded from convocation meetings and decisions. Exhausted, he went to England to further his education and became a missionary in Liberia. Upon returning uh, to the US, he built a historically black church in Washington, DC. He was someone who had Jesus call. Whoever does not carry the cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. He was willing to be humiliated and never gave up his conviction that being a student of Jesus is costly. 
Maybe when his parents gave him the name Alexander, they were not imagining it. They were imagining a different future for their son. But he became a defender of man. He gave his life away so that today we can be proud to say we have a black presiding bishop in the Episcopalian Church. Cramel's legacy needs to be commemorated and celebrated. What does your name mean? Are you living the legacy Christ has bestowed on you? What, what comes to your mind when Jesus say, whoever does, whoever does not take up their cross cannot be my disciple? What cross do you need to take up? What possessions or aspirations do you need to lay down? Friends, friends, imagine. Imagine for us today if we could take Jesus' words seriously. What could happen to the future generation? I could tell you stories of modern-day crammels, like a farmer who inherited a sixth-generation vineyard from his parents. Upon interacting with farm workers, he realized that they had generational traumatic experience working on that land. The new farmer used psychotherapy tools to find ways to forge win-win partnership. Instead of conquering and exploiting these farm workers, he gave 50% ownership to them. The farm workers were motivated as shareholders and dreams of reconciliation and repatriation were seen. Or, or, or how about the 30-year-old who traveled Africa and parts of Caribbean to learn about the lasting legacy of colonization and its impact on the African diaspora. Having had a nudge from Jesus, he decided to give away $3 million inheritance in response he took Jesus' word seriously. When none of you can be my disciples if you don't give up all your positions. He gave the money from that estate to historically black colleges, historically black churches in the U.S., and to orphanages in the Caribbean island he visited. People everywhere accounting their cost to be followers of Jesus. They are taking Jesus' words seriously. We are baptized in the name of Jesus. It has implications. Are we embracing them? Amen. The Chapel of the Cross is an Episcopal church in the heart of Chapel Hill and the university community. Find out more at thechapelofthecross.org. There you can find our latest news and events, connect with our pastoral care team, Faith in Action Ministries, and offer a prayer request. 
You can also find us on social media, on Instagram at The Chapel of the Cross, and on Facebook and Twitter at C-O-T-C, Chapel Hill. May you be nourished by the Word to serve in the world.